Welcome to the Fittest Shite Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Shite, and the goal of this podcast is to make fitness and nutritional concepts practical for clients and listeners. This episode is brought to you by Fittest Shite Coaching. If you're tired of doing the same workouts, not seeing results, or getting overwhelmed on TikTok or Instagram with these nutritional fads, then head over to my website, fitashite.com. Click on the Book Now tab for a free 15-minute discovery call with me. This is where you'll get to talk with me and see what my services are about and if they're right for you. I provide a personalized fitness program with nutritional guidance that's geared towards individual goals. So head over now, click on the best available time for you, and we will talk soon. All right, today we're going to continue our four pillars of fitness series. Um, We've talked about, um, we've done resistance training, we've done uh, food prep or food preparation, thinking through the week, how we're going to eat, where we're going to get our food, if you're on the road a lot, things of that nature. And um, a lot of times, like all things, they're all going to be trial and error, but hopefully you got some pointers out of that to kind of take a little bit more of the error out of that. Um, and today we're going to focus on number three, and this one's really dear to me. Um, this one's really important to me. I found the most benefit out of this one. Uh, I think it's the most underrated. I think as science continues to study this topic uh, that we're going to talk about today, we'll see um, how damaging it is to get too little of it. Um, at, as in some ways, we learned from the 1960s and 50s on smoking, right? We, we knew it was kind of bad in those decades. And now after all the research, we see how terrible smoking really is for you. Uh, so today's topic, uh, with that great introduction and why it's so personal to me, I'll share my story about it, is sleep hygiene. So um, quick story. So about, man, hmm, this is... Five, four years ago? Okay, so about four years ago, uh, I was um, actually on a totally different track. I was part-time doing fitness, always. Um, I had I loved fitness for years, and I coached at a couple CrossFit gyms up in Baltimore, Maryland, um, and then we moved to Lakeland, and when we moved down here, it was to become, um, I was going to be a church planner, and I was working as a minister for youth in the inner city, and I had worked in Baltimore City for a long time. Um, and that was my, my passion was to, to help, um, people and, and along their faith journey and also, uh, help people in needs, uh, particularly in, in impoverished communities in the inner cities of America. All that said, um, I was extremely busy. I had just had our second child. I was an adamant CrossFitter and I was trying to be competitive in it. Not that I was really great. But I was trying to be competitive, and um, I was running, doing multiple workouts a week. I was uh, under-eating. I was going to school full-time. I was running an inner-city youth ministry, and um, my family was growing and was becoming more and more demanding. So the first thing when you get into a really stressful season of busyness to go for most people is sleep. And it was for me. I think I was averaging... At this time, probably anywhere, I was probably averaging around six hours of sleep. But for most people, they say, oh, that, that should be sufficient. You should be doing well in six hours of sleep. Uh, no, that's not true at all. Um, if you are the rare exception 
of someone who does do well on less than eight hours of sleep a night, uh, you're more likely to get struck by lightning to, than to be that person, according to a lot of scientific data. So what is probably more true, and I'm being a little harsh now because I'm trying to sober you out of the reality of how dangerous and bad that is, and I'll finish my story in a second, but that is, um, you're just used to it. That's what's going on. You're used to not sleeping well. You're used to being at 75%. You don't even remember what it's like to feel 85, 90 to 100% full energy, feeling good, moving well. You're just so used to 75 that that feels like your new normal 100. And you couldn't imagine it being better uh, is what I would say to you. So with that being said, I was averaging six hours of sleep. There were lots of nights where I was getting four, four and a half, going, studying all day, uh, coming home, and I'm waking up before I even go to school to go work out, doing crazy hard workouts like doing Fran for max time or, or you know fastest time and then running on one uh, a mile for as max time you know and all kinds of crazy stuff like that and then going and sitting the rest of the day in traffic on the way to Orlando studying a ton of different languages that were for biblical studies and really just trying to get um, grow in my career but at the same time manage my health manage my family do all these other things and I was just not going about it in a health way I was going about it in a very unmanageable way and so I know I know it's like oh it sounds like a sob story sounds like you're just trying to uh, you're weak and you weren't strong enough to kind of push through. I, I mean, I've heard that kind of stuff, and I even used to think that kind of stuff. And I did it for a while. I mean, I played college football. Uh, I played semi-pro football. I know how to tough it through. I know how to – I've done that. I've, I've white-knuckled through things most of my life um, and, and try to push those things to the side. And this one just was not one that was going to give up because it's it wasn't sustainable. Um, you know, what happened was I, I, my cortisol levels started skyrocketing. My adrenal glands were, were, were getting shot and I was craving crappier foods. I was thinking that I could outwork those crappier foods. So I was working out harder, um, you know, and I was just exhausted. I was exhausted from trying to juggle everything. I was exhausted at doing everything poor, like all the quality of everything went down, but the quality of my workouts went down, the quality of my schoolwork went down, the quality of my marriage went down, the quality of my parenting went down. Um, nothing got better. And it finally cracked, um, where I got to a point where, uh, my marriage almost ended and my, uh, I, I really wound up hurting my wife who I love, um, very regrettably and just, put me in a position where I was just, um, yeah, we just had to change a lot of things in my life and, uh, started going to counseling, started seeing that, but I, I got a coach and I got to give a lot of credit to that coach. He was really helpful in trying to make me get more sleep as he understood my story, um, and where I was at and, and, and really keeping me accountable. And so that in itself, when I started getting more sleep and, and taking things off and I started doing the things that were valuable to me and, and working on the relationships that mattered and working on my health really wound up saving my life and also restoring my marriage, restoring my family. Um, and it was huge. And I, I cannot tell you enough how important it was. And so if you're listening to this today and you're feeling like, wow, I can kind of, you know, feel that what you're talking about, 
I can sense that like I just feel close to burnout. I feel like I'm constantly doing more. I feel like instead of taking things off my plate, I constantly have to push through. Uh, but it's at a point where my health is starting to go down. I'm sacrificing sleep. I'm eating on the go. And um, and I don't know how long I can do this, but I'm not even giving myself enough time to think about it. I want to just tell you it's okay. Uh, I've been there. Um, I really would just try to say it's okay to stop. It's okay to slow down. Take a couple days off if you can afford that. Um, and instead of watching TV or getting on your phone and just kind of numbing your way through it, try to step back and journal, go for a walk, uh, listen to some music and think, uh, what, whatever gets you kind of in a state where you can kind of process, okay, what, what am I doing? And, and is the, am I going at a pace that this is sustainable? Um, you know, I look back and I was, I was doing a lot of really good things. I was trying to be a dad. I was trying to be a husband. I was trying to be uh, a pastor. I was trying to be a coach. I was trying to be a lot of great positive things, but I couldn't handle all those things. And the quality of those things started going down in such a way that, um, it robbed, uh, me and it wound up hurting other people. Um, and so I would just say, while I don't think sleep is the answer for all of those things, and it's not the cause for maybe all of my, um, issues of why I had to change my career or even my marriage issues. I would say that it definitely um, exacerbated all of the issues biologically. Um, it, it, it really derailed me. So what do we do? What do we do if we're in a situation where we're trying to continue to get our health up? We're trying to maybe lose weight, gain muscle, you know, prepare for a show if you're doing that or you're uh, or you're, you're preparing for some sort of sport or competition, but we're just not getting adequate sleep. What are a couple of places? What are some tips that you would say? Hey, let's let's start here. Um, I would say number one, aim for eight hours of sleep. There is no there. All the data says seven and a half is like the the most minimum that you should be getting. So aim for eight because you're probably gonna wind up going less. So I would say aim for more. And the way I would start with that is start by thinking about how the human, how humans flourish, right? We flourish in a rhythm of energy going up, up, up in our circadian rhythm, right? Our energy peaks at some point and then we want it to slowly come down. And what I find is that typically we're, we're like coffee junkies, caffeine junkies, where we're where we didn't get good sleep, so we need some sort of caffeine in the morning. We, we peak, and then we quickly crash, and then we need more caffeine, and we peak, and we crash, and we kind of do this, and that wave of peaking and crashing winds up going into our sleep where you're peaking and crashing because it's just the rhythm of our, our biology that we've just kind of created through chemicals, like especially caffeine or stimulants, stimulants. So I would say try to cut off caffeine, um, seven and a half hours before bed, count backwards eight hours from when you need to wake up. So if you have to wake up at five o'clock, then eight hours back would be nine. That would be your bedtime. All right. If you know, and you can do the math on all the other ones. This isn't, you know, geared towards anybody. I, I picked that one cause that's me. I wake up at five o'clock pretty much every single day. So nine o'clock is pretty much my bedtime every single night. Um, and I try to stay within 30 minutes of that. Sometimes I'm eight 30, sometimes I'm nine 30. 
Um, but uh, very rarely am I up later than that. And some people say, you're crazy. Like, you're going to miss up. And I just say, this is the season of life. My kids wake up early. They're little. I have to wake up early to grind for the type of work I do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a 10 to 12 hour guy still at work and I find time to play with my kids. I find time to, uh, to do things with them. I'm, I'm going tonight to, to coach football, um, for one of my sons flag football. So I, how do I do that? I have to prioritize and I have to have enough energy to do it. So I have to take care of myself. And one of the keys is good nutrition and definitely sleep. And those two always go together. If you're eating crap, it's going to affect your sleep. Right. If you aren't sleeping well, it's going to cause you to want to eat more crap. Why? Because when you're not sleeping well, typically your cortisol and adrenaline has to get you through the day. And a lot of it. And when you do that over and over again, what the signal of that hormone cortisol is doing is it's sending a signal saying we are burning up a ton of calories and we need to replenish those calories so we're sending out hunger hunger signals and a lot of times that's going to be optimized in sugars and carbohydrates and starches so you are let's just say this let me give you an example so every time when i was in seminary get my master's and it'd be paper week uh or finals you know you're you are stress writing you're 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 trying to think through this because you you know if you're like me you procrastinated a little too long you're trying to get all those resources that you had uh, that you got, you know, th- three months earlier because you were going to stay on top of it. And now you're actually trying to read them, go through them, know them, write something on it. And then you wind up stress eating. Anybody been there before? I did. It was like routine. Every time I did, I went through this at the end of the semester, I, I was eating things I normally didn't eat. And I couldn't figure out why this continued to happen. And then I understood after I read some uh, biology on this, it was just made perfect sense that my cortisol was high it was not understanding the, that the stress I was feeling was not physical stress, but mental stress. And it was sending out the same signals to my body to go do this. So why does that, why does that play into sleep? Well, because when I'm stressed out and I'm not sleeping and I'm staying up really late writing a paper and I'm studying, I'm going to eat crap. And then when I go to sleep, my quality of sleep is going to be down. So that's why this is important. So you want to think through solution one, get eight hours of sleep. Make sure that your food is good too. Make sure that you cut off food at a certain time, about two or three hours before bed, typically. Now, some people might disagree with me on that. I would say that I think based on most clients I work with, my own personal gut health, like if your digestion is skyrocketing right before bed or in the middle of sleep, uh, it is. I think it's hard for your body to fully relax and get into that deep, deep sleep, REM sleep that you need. I think it's going to be operating at a at a higher capacity. So I would avoid it. Uh, but I'm 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 open to people disagreeing with me and sending me some stuff to to change my mind on that one. Solution two: uh, When you get a bad night of sleep, and they will happen, they're unavoidable. I have kids all the time that wake up in the middle of the night that have to wake me up because they pee the bed or they're sick or, or they had a nightmare, right? That That's a part of my life. That's a part of a lot of people's lives or just something that um, a roommate that's loud or whatever. Um, call an audible on your workouts that day. So uh, one of the good, good protocols was when I was still trying to get better sleep that uh, a coach I had a couple of years ago that did a great job of this was, you know, his, his protocol was, Okay, if any night that you get less than seven hours of sleep, you're going to do an aerobic workout and you're going to scratch the workout we had for that day. And that aerobic workout is going to be something that's 60 minutes, 
constant movement at 70% effort. So it could look like you're going to row two minutes, bike two minutes, walk two minutes, and you're going to do that continuously. Or, you know, farmer carries for 50 meters, plank for one, you know, 30 seconds, ride the bike for two minutes and repeat over and over again. And you'll get a good sweat in. You'll, you'll get a workout in. You'll get your heart rate up a little bit. Um, but you won't fry your CNS. Like the, the, net, the, the worst thing you want to do on a bad night of sleep where your CNS didn't fully repair and you didn't get adequate amount of uh, neurological replenishment, muscular replenishment, and sleep does all those things, by the way. That's the power of sleep. Like if you do that for a long period of time, you get quality sleep and you do it consistently, you will feel more energy, more strength, You'll burn more fat. You'll retain more muscle. Like all those things happen. When you push through too often and you didn't get enough sleep, you can actually do the reverse. You can cause cortisol to go higher, which will then cause uh, recovery to go down, which then will cause the body to be more, have caused more inflammation, which will then hold on to more fluids, more fat, and actually want to go into survival mode, which is where it wants to burn fat slower because it's so stressed out, it thinks it's starving and it's it's fearful that it's going to die. Okay? That's what's happening to a lot of people. A lot of people that struggle to lose fat are because they didn't get enough sleep, their hormones are all jacked up, and they're not their their body is not in an adequate uh, spot to be burning f- fat and hold, making muscle or holding on to muscle. Number three, um, prepare. Like anything in life, um, and I said this with the last podcast, you, you just have to prepare for bed. Like if the days of when I was a kid or in college, and just like, hey, I'm just tired, I'm ready to go to sleep now. Um, like you have to teach your body how to get in a rhythm of sleep. So one of the rules is your bed needs to be only a place of two things, sex and sleep. You shouldn't do anything else in your bed. Maybe reading, but typically uh, that's kind of like a gray area. But you shouldn't watch TV in your bed. You shouldn't be on screens in your bed. You shouldn't be doing deep conversations in your bed. You want to make your bed those two things, maybe three things, uh, so that your body associates that with that so it knows what to do. The body really does, whether you realize it or not, subconsciously know associations with certain places. So when that happens, those rules and you're in bed and you can't sleep and you're sitting there for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, get out of your bed, go into the other room, pick up a book and read until you start feeling tired and then go back. Um, But try to teach your body how to create associations with that bed that once I get in here, it's time to go to sleep. Um, So prepare, turn the lights off in our house. You know, we turn, we, we start dimming all the lights about 30 minutes before bed. My wife loves to stretch before bed. That's her big thing. Um, I like to do just breathing. I do about like 20 deep breaths before bed. I breathe deep into my through my nose. Right? Slow out. Try to get into a parasympathetic state. Really try to calm myself before bed. But 30 minutes before bed, we're really just doing either stretching we take some magnesium uh, supplements uh, that kind of help relax our body naturally. Um, and then we we make sure that we don't associate anything in our bed besides sex and sleep um, and make it a place of non-stress. It's not where you want to have your fights. It's not where you want to 
It's not where you want to have intense conversations. It's not a place where you want to watch TV. It's not a place where you want to have guests. It's it's a place for sleep and sex, and that's it. And when you start making it more than that, you get wrong associations with it, and it will become a place that it becomes difficult to go to sleep. Um, so plan. Let's let's recap those solutions. Number one, I said aim for eight hours. Count backwards from when you need to wake up, and then go backwards, and that's your bedtime. Uh, call an audible on days that you get bad sleep. Make sure you don't go into intense workouts, but you find an aerobic workout to do. Uh, maybe ride the bike. Maybe go for a, a, a slow jog or a swim. Things like that, um, so that you you can help your body recover faster and not beat it down more than it already did through that bad night's sleep. And then number three, prepare. Get your circadian rhythm in a prepper up in a prepared state. That means when I wake, I rise, I rise, I peak in the afternoon, and then I slowly want to come down into evening. And as I slow and kind of land that plane of my body into that bed, it is ready to sleep and recharge. Um, so try to create a day that that revolves around that. Take your caffeine out, you know, seven and a half hours before. So for most of us, we really should be stopping around noon. Um, if, if honestly, if you are having caffeine and I'm guilty of it too, you know, past three o'clock, two o'clock, um, and you're just like, Oh, caffeine doesn't bother me. I have an intolerance into it. That's just not true. It's back to the whole thing. When you said, Hey, I don't need any more than five, six hours of sleep. You're just so used to it. That's the truth. You're just so used to being on caffeine or you're so used to not sleeping enough that that's just your normal. Um, it's like people who just eat crappy foods all the time. They just think this is how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to feel gassy and bloated, and that's just how everybody feels. It's like, no, it's not. Here's actually something much more beautiful and good. Why don't you try this out? So I hope that's helpful. Um, you know, your action steps, I would say, if you're trying to figure out how to do this well, um, and I have a lot more stuff on sleep. I've actually walked a couple of my clients who've had really bad sleep problems through kind of a, a a week or two long course I have on trying to get rhythms of sleep down um, that come with some videos and stuff. Hit me up if you're interested in something like that. Um, and uh, But here's some, some action steps. Pick that time, right? Get in bed 30 minutes before that time uh, to try to kind of slow yourself down or, or get into your bedroom, get into your kind of doing your toiletries of going to the bathroom, brushing your teeth, washing your face, all that stuff before bed, 30 minutes before. Get a plan. Uh, if you have an off day, do an aerobic option. Uh, so come up with some aerobic workout that you can do. Um, if you if you actually need like a, hey, I, I heard your podcast. I loved it. Give me an idea of what a good aerobic workout would be so I can have that in my back pocket if I have a bad night. Love to help you out with that. Maybe even I'll post uh, a free one. And then uh, number three, uh, create a routine. Um, create a routine that's 15, 20 minutes before bed that really allows you to stretch or relax or do things to kind of get you down into a parasympathetic state that allows your sleep to get better. Um, like I said, this is a huge one for me. Um, it really did help change my life. It really did help. Um, my, my wife now loves, uh, our, our bedtime routine and it's just been huge. We're, we're, we're very diligent about it. Our kids are so much happier. Um, it really has blessed us where I think a lot of people think we've missed out on things because we don't stay up late. Um, I feel like I've missed out on nothing and I enjoy the moments I am awake. I just find it very rare that we do more things better. We actually do usually do more things worse and we wind up doing less things, but we do them much better equals a happier, more qualified 
our quality life. Um, so I hope that was a help to you. Um, you know, I hope my story was a blessing to you. Please DM uh, if you have any questions or um, or comments. And if you could head over to Spotify and uh, please just rank my <clears throat> podcast. Uh, I'd love to earn all your stars. And um, again, if you're interested in remote coaching with me, uh, you can head over to my Instagram, click on the link tree, book now, and we can start a 15-minute discovery call so I can answer any questions and set up our first appointment. All right. Um, Thanks and have a great day.